Hello and welcome back to the 7pm Cafe Podcast. Today is a new episode of the Mental Health Miniseries. The theme is anxiety. Also today we introduce our new host that will join us twice a month, Maggie Glass. Grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite drink and enjoy. to the 7 p.m. podcast. Today is a new episode of the mental health mini-series and today's theme is anxiety. But also today we have the introduction to our new host Maggie Glass. She will join us twice a month and share with us her personal and professional views of the theme that we have that episode. And Maggie, welcome. Okay, thank you Lucy. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for asking me to come. Um, Maggie has a BA in theater and we'll talk about that. She has a master in social work. Can we talk about how we met? You remember? So I've been racking my brain about this for the last like <laughs> week and a half. And I honestly can't remember how we met. The only thing that pops in my head was I think if I'm correct, I think we met at the Signature Theater in New York. Is that correct? You're no? Oh, how did we meet? I totally forget. It's like, I just know you. It's so terrible. Okay, I'll give you a clue. It was fall 2017 okay. on the costume shop, but it of it was which not theater. No, it was outside a theater. It was by 34th Street. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god, that's right. It was the costume shop for the national tour of um gentleman's guide right mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yeah oh my god i completely so i like completely forgot about that <laughs> it was uh that one and the sound of music we do too yeah that's right because okay so context for anyone who's listening to this i was living in new york city at this time for i had been there about four years and i had worked at like six different theaters i was needing work and the designer for the network works tours of the sound of music and a gentleman's guide to uh, love and murder needed help in the shop and so I was called in to help in the shop and Lucy was working in the shop and that is how we met what did you talk to us about how you started theater and your transition from theater to social work yeah definitely so I started in theater from a very young age uh, my parents were involved in our community theater in our hometown in Bedford Pennsylvania from that I went to college to my undergrad at IUP and outside of Pittsburgh in Indiana Pennsylvania and I found that I could do theater as a career and I was super excited because I was like oh right something that I love that I found so much passion for I was like yes I can do this so I actually started in lighting and then transitioned while I was there to doing more costume work uh, which I found a huge passion in doing that and dressing well one of the reasons that I got into professional theater was because I love the healing power of theater the idea that you can walk into a theater space and for an hour of your time you're transported somewhere else to a mythical land sometimes to a real story that nobody knew about until it's been put on the stage and you always have some kind of visceral reaction to it whether it be oh my god I hated this or it can start a 
conversation about something larger, which I think is really important. So I started my professional career after I graduated from there in 2013. And I worked at the McHaden Theater in upstate New York and Chatham. And then I moved to New York City in 2015. And then from there, I worked all over the place. I worked on Broadway. I worked at the Metropolitan Opera. I worked with the tour company. And while I was there and while I was doing this, working in professional theater, I started losing that sense of helping people. I started losing the idea of creating theater to start a conversation, to start something more visceral, to being a part of that creative process because I hadn't been in a very long time. So I was trying to find a way to bridge the gap between like having my theater background and doing something to help other people, which is something I've always wanted to do. And I didn't want to be a teacher. I was like, okay, what can I do? And I started looking around and I found drama therapy. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I could totally do this. Talked to a bunch of people who were actually doing it. And they told me to go back to school and get my social work licensure because once I did that, I could go anywhere. I could do whatever I wanted. So I applied to school. Uh, I got into the University of Maryland, Baltimore. I moved to Baltimore. I left theater completely. Um, my last professional show, Farinelli and the King, which was a show from the Globe that came over. Best experience of my life. It was exactly how I felt in college. You know how like in college theater, uh, even like community theater, there's that like, family vibe. You're all in it for the same thing. Everybody kind of gets along. It was, it was like that again. It was an ensemble of everyone. And that was beautiful. Uh, so it was a perfect way to leave. Best show to leave on. And fell in love with social work. Not only the mental health portion of it, but also yet the systematic reasons of why a lot of these issues take place and how there are gaps in care and a lot of that education that I had not found before. Within school, I realized that I didn't want to do direct therapy. So I started going in more of like a systematic route. I graduated in 2020, uh, May of 2020, which was crazy. I got a job. I now work with an a company called Guide and Thrive. We work with employers to help get their employees connected to mental health care. So I talk about what's going on for them and I give them recommendations on what I think may be helpful for them and help them actually find therapists that um, or mental health professionals and whatever that looks like, support groups, other benefits that they have. My ultimate goal at some point is to really merge theater and social work together to create uh, conversations and research by using theater as a vehicle to do that research. And I think now more than ever, people have been able to slow down enough to see the mental health disparities that are there and the fact that people need help to kind of work through what is happening. And that's a really good way to kind of go into kind of what we're talking about today on this episode is a little bit about anxiety. And I think that's really big right now because anxiety is the fear of the unknown, fear of something, fear of something in the future. So when we have anxiety, it's uncertainty, fear, self-doubt, and we all experience it. And that's something that is really important to know. Now that we know you, a little bit about you, um, we have our theme today is anxiety. From what I found, because I wanted to try to separate what anxiety is and why anxiety disorder is, I 
think right now because of 2020 happened, we might be confused or fusing the two because there's a lot of people that are experiencing for the first time. So for what I found on anxiety itself, it's intense, it's excessive feelings and persistent worry or fear about everyday situations. But anxiety can be normal in stressful situations. So right now what we're feeling because of the pandemic is normal because we're in a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. Would you say that would be explanation? Oh, definitely. This, the idea of that anxiety that you're talking about, you know, that fear of things we don't know is hitting everyone. We've had, there's such an influx of people who are calling into my, not only my work, but into other therapists all over the country. Um, I Just a caveat, I work with people all over the country. It's not just in Maryland. We're seeing a huge number of people who are looking to deal with anxiety in various different forms. Some very acutely, uh, some who are just like now realizing what anxiety is and what it looks like. And then there are other people who have had untreated, undiagnosed, like generalized anxiety disorder, other panic disorder, like other anxiety disorders that need to be addressed, but they've been, they haven't had the time or the ability to actually go through and work through it and find the ways to kind of work it out. Definitely it's happening all over the country and all over the world right now. So how would you explain, I have something here, but maybe you can do better. Um, What is an anxiety disorder? An anxiety disorder is when to assess and be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, you go to a licensed professional, whether that's uh, usually it's a psychologist. They have uh, degrees where they look at the psychology of the mind and they have the ability to give like detailed assessments to work with that help tell us what these are, what these disorders are to actually give you those diagnoses and then help you find whatever that next step is. But disorders are something that are on a higher level than regular anxiety. Usually if you have an anxiety disorder, it is something that takes over your life and it can make it hard to concentrate, hard to do daily tasks. It can really change the way you not only look at yourself, but how you look at the world. And it can make it really hard to do anything outside of just sitting in those anxiety feelings that you're feeling. Yes. One of the things that I found that it says is the disorder is an anxiety that doesn't go away and gets worse over time. Mm -hmm. And the symptoms can interfere with your work and schoolwork or relationships so like anxiety normal anxiety you will be quicker to like move on once you get yourself out of that stressful situation with like the disorder even if you are outside the situation you it's still over your life you don't have the control unless you work through it how to like control the situation or your yeah. anxiety exactly let me um can i give an example yeah yeah sure okay like when we talk about the difference between normal anxiety and anxiety disorders re- normal anxiety is like driving in heavy traffic if you have you're doing that you got two semis on the side of you and you're just white knuckling it on the wheel praying to get through it that's normal anxiety the disorder side is more of that like we said that in 
intense fear and distress that can come up in overwhelming situations. So when we look at like PTSD, for instance, when we talk about that with veterans or other people who have experienced extreme trauma, there can be triggers there that make it hard to go outside, hard to function. We wake up in the middle of sleep. We can't sleep. That is a disorder. That is something that needs other things than just breathing exercises to work through. You know what's funny? I have a story that it might seem like so minimal, but I don't drive because I don't like it. Like my anxiety, I can. So like mm-hmm. when I when I try to drive, um, we were in a highway. And if I saw a truck or, you know, like those big houses that they transport in the truck, mm-hmm. it almost sounds like they take two lanes. I would get to the emergency lane and wait for those people to pass. And then I'll go back to the lane because I could, I was like, it's not going to fit. It's going to hit me. <laughs> like I'm in the way, so I'm going to get out. And that's when I knew I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't be driving because like this shouldn't be something that would stop me I would go nowhere if I had to stop every time a truck (laughs) is driving by yeah that's a great example so now that we talk about a little bit anxiety let's try to give an overview of the different types we will not get into like every single one of them if you want to like you can we have a new email we will get that to in the end of the episode but if you want us to hit one of the anxieties we will just let us know right now we just want to like mention a few of the anxieties and maybe like a general definition or something to understand what it is and continue yeah with the different kinds of anxiety disorders that we're going to talk about one of the most prominent is generalized anxiety disorder the acronym is GAD there's it's chronic exaggerated worrying about everyday life it can take up hours in your day make it hard to concentrate or finish any tasks within your life. A person who has this disorder may become really exhausted about worry and experience headaches, tension, or nausea. It can also go into other body functions as well. Another one is social anxiety disorder. This is shown in more of shyness. This causes intense fear about social interaction, severe internalization of everything, Um, severe introversion. That was what I was trying to say. Severe introversion is kind of what this is. But I feel like people don't really understand social anxiety. That's a big one for me. I I went to therapy the first time in 2009, so it's been a while. But after the years thinking about it, I I know that between middle school and high school, I went through it. I can give like few examples of how I knew that I had it then. Everyone is excited about prom. I didn't go to any activity that I had to do with senior. Anything that had to do with public, I didn't go. That's a minimal example that I can give you how a social person between being just shy because the shy person will go to the prom they won't dance they probably won't interact but they will go as someone that suffers social anxiety I didn't even go can you talk a little bit about the feelings that were behind why you didn't go yes let me get the first um the definition that I found so you can I can pick up from that one so the definition that I found is a person that has an intense fear of being criticized embarrassed or humiliated even in everyday situations such as speaking publicly, eating in public, being assertive at work, or making small talk. I feel like that definition should have like my name next to it. (laughs) This is so me. Like now that I've been through therapy so long, I can talk about it. 
and be like light about it. Like I can speak about this, but I couldn't speak this back then. I just remember that I didn't want to deal with them being in public. Like I knew that he didn't like to dance. So it was like someone's gonna ask me what I'm gonna say. I didn't like eating. I still like, I still struggle with eating in public, mm. but it was also because I dealt with my weight. I know that mm. goes along with it. And just like social, I always found like small talk to be so like pointless. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really have many friends. I have friends, but I didn't have close friends. Mm. I just remember high school just being about education, not like about friendships or like social things. Mm. For me, it was like, oh, today the senior class is going out for somewhere. For me, it was like, oh, today I get a free day because my mom knew. Even though she didn't, back then she understand that I had a disorder. If I didn't mm. want to go, she didn't make me go. She let me stay at home. So I feel in some way she let me be the person that I was in the moment. Like I never was forced to do anything that I was supposed to do. I'm glad that you had your mom who was able to just accept it and be like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to go. Because um, when we force people with these disorders to do things that they're not inclined to do, they don't want to, it can actually increase the symptoms and go into other extreme symptoms like panic attacks or anxiety attacks um, and different things like that it can be really detrimental and very traumatizing to have to go into those situations if you don't choose yourself to go through them. Mm-hmm. In 2017, I graduated from theater. My dad passed away the semester before on the fall and I graduated in the spring and I couldn't. I couldn't go to the graduation. I was proud of myself that I did get the BA. Like I, it was not because I was not happy with what I did, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to celebrate it. But I was so bad with the grieving part that I couldn't find myself going to the ceremony. So mm-hmm. I didn't go to that one. And like some people say like, oh, when the time passed, you're going to regret it. It's still like it's 2021 and that was 2017. I don't regret it because I, I learned to manage my mental health. In that moment, mm-hmm. I knew that I would regret if I forced myself to go when I didn't want to go. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing that you did for yourself. And it shows such strength in knowing who you are and where your limits are in different things. And I think it's great that you also realize that, no, I don't regret not going because I helped save myself from a potential really difficult situation that could have happened. And I also think that it's really good you took into account the ideas of the grief that you had before then and all of those things that would also come up, not to mention that social anxiety as well in a huge graduation ceremony because all of those things are connected. Most mental health disorders or most issues with mental health in whatever capacity are co-occurring disorders or co-occurring situations. If we're experiencing anxiety and grief at the same time, there's always layers to everything that happens. So I'm glad that you were able to point those out for yourself. Before we continue to the next um, anxiety, we can use the sample that I gave and we talk about this you and me before um, recording. How these disorders don't go away. Just because I have mm-hmm. therapy and I learned to deal with them doesn't mean that I won't experience or go through similar situations again. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And yeah, we did talk about this before. But with mental health, it's not like a paper cut. Paper cuts will heal and you, they'll go away. You forget about them. It's more like diabetes or hypertension or an autoimmune disorder where you live with it your entire life. The thing is, is that when you realize that and you start seeking help for it, you can find the tools, the tricks, 
the ways that can help you through those symptoms and they get easier to work through. That does not mean that there won't be times where they flare up because that will happen because we're all human and we go through this world one step at a time. It's knowing that you have a toolbox beside you with different things, different people, different areas that you can go through to work through those emotions so that you can move on and continue forward. Yeah, thank you. It's it's normal everyone to have anxiety, to have anxiety, to have depression, to have mental health disparities. It's okay. And they will be with you for your life. It's just learning how to work with them because they're a part of us. They're a part of our system. Before we move on, let's talk a little bit because of social anxiety. If someone is openly about having a mental health disorder, specifically mm -hmm. social anxiety, how do you approach these people when you like comment on their pictures or comment on their stuff, on their work, on their person, or message them in private in any situation? Yeah. So if you know that someone has an anxiety disorder or depression or really any mental health disorder, let's just broaden it out just slightly. If you know that someone has that and you have a comment or a reaction to something that is said or done or photo, be careful with what you post. Um, if you have a suggestion on something that could be changed or something that could be adapted, ask for permission first. Ask for consent to give that advice because that gives the other person, the person with the disorder, the power to make the choice to have that. It gives them a way to actually take that in or not. When you just give unsolicited advice to anyone or comment something on a photo that you think is possibly funny, it might not be. It may be absolutely detrimental to that person and trigger something that can throw them into a tailspin and make it really hard to get out of, especially if they don't have the tools of being in years of therapy and understanding how to work through those emotions, um, having those tools to do that can be very detrimental. So a good rule of thumb when commenting on someone's post, on sending a message, anything like that is to one, think it through first, take a moment and pause before you actually hit the send button. Will this hurt someone? And then the next step is if you have some advice or an idea, ask if they are interested in it to anyone. It's a really good rule of thumb. Does not mean that you shouldn't talk to people <laughs> at all. Have conversations, be open, and be willing to release the power of the conversation to the other person. And also just know that you might get it wrong. There are going to be times where you are going to get this wrong, and that is okay. The thing is, is to learn from that mistake and do it differently the next time. It's being open to learning about how to have better conversations than being extremely defensive and not listening. That's just a huge piece of it. Let's continue with the types of anxiety. A couple other types of anxiety that are around. Panic disorders are characterized by panic attacks and the sudden feeling of terror, something striking repeatedly and without warning. These panic attacks can cause chest pain, heart palpitations, dizziness, short of breath, upset stomachs, a bunch of other physical reactions to 
to anxiety can be caused by that. And a lot of people go to avoid a panic attack, to avoid social interaction with people. So they go into like social isolation so they don't have to worry about that. So let's do um, a little bit about anxiety attack versus panic attack. Like you said, which is a similar thing that I found, um, symptoms for panic attack is more like it happens in the moment without mm-hmm. warning. And like anxiety is something that builds up, that is like mm-hmm. something that is on your mind and it's building up. They do look kind of similar. That's why people like think the two are the same thing. And I think it's also uh, good to notice that you can have anxiety and panic attacks at the same time. They can be intertwined also because one is that emotional worry, distress, and fear while the other one goes into physical symptoms. But you can have an anxiety attack that has chest pain, shortness of breath, numbness, nausea, headaches, all of those things. The panic attacks are based in more physical reactions, uh, fear of dying or losing control, sense of detachment from the world, things like that. Um, We can also share some different resources for anyone who's more interested in learning about anything that we talk about today as well. If you uh, want, you can email us uh, at the end. We can share some more stuff too. Another one that is pretty common is actually phobias. Phobias are another form of an anxiety disorder. Phobias like arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders. So most people tend to have it's things or situations that make us uncomfortable or even fearful. It can be a place, event, object. Um, they can create those strong reactions of irrational fear. Um, and that depends on whatever that trigger is. It can also th- take control of your life. There are some other ones like OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, selective mutism, uh, separation anxiety disorder, which is thinking about like when children leave their parents, that can be an anxiety disorder. Parents can have it as well. Substance use, intoxication, medication treatment, all of those things can be involved in anxiety as well. If you want us to like talk about any of these disorders, or we didn't mention the disorder that you have and you want us to talk about it, uh, at the end, we will stay our email, reach out to us. And I want to be clear that if you want to ask a question, share your story, anything, you can ask us to be anonymous and we won't share your name. This is an open space and safe space that we're creating for us and for you. And if you do want us to share your name or feel like you would like to come on and tell your story, please also let us know that too. Um, We are very open. In the treatment of anxiety, there are so many things that you can do. There are so many resources out there that go from costing a lot of money to absolutely nothing. So I just want to get that clear to anyone who's listening that is suffering right now and does not know what to do. One of the first treatments that I always recommend is therapy. Therapy can be a great way to have someone who is not within your social circle, who's that like outside person to really talk about what you're going through and they can help you work through those emotions and those feelings. There are a couple of treatment modalities that have been 
evidence-based that are really helpful in treating anxiety and other disorders like this. Uh, cognitive behavioral theory is one of them. There's also exposure response therapy. There are many more. And if you go see a therapist, they can help you work through what is the best version for you and what your learning style is and how to work through that together. There are also resources to finding a therapist in other ways that you can work through anxiety is I know it's talked about a lot, but exercise can be really helpful. Things like yoga or Tai Chi can be really helpful because they help with regulating your breath and putting movements and relaxation into one space. Also, if you treat your anxiety by throwing some weights around and going to CrossFit, perfect. It releases beautiful endorphins in your mind that your body flowing that gives that real good dopamine that you're looking for. And that can be really helpful with that. Be careful to not over-exercise because that can cause other issues, not only physical, but mentally. Taking time for yourself and uh, putting some space in between your days as well to give yourself a break. A couple of other things is there are breathing exercises that you can do. There are meditation is a great way to kind of work through some of that work. And meditation can be as simple as sitting in silence for a minute or two or just breathing for a couple of minutes. You don't have to sit on the top of a mountain and like be a guru to meditate. That is a myth. A couple other things is if you have an anxiety disorder or if your anxiety is really high, you can get medication to help with that. I know some people who only use it for sleep because they can't sleep without the medication. Um, there are other people who use them daily just to get through the day. There is no harm in taking medication for your mental health. If you have aversions to taking medication for any of this, talk to your doctors to talk about other alternatives for medication, um, but it is out there, just so you know. It can be the support for the work that you're doing, that medication can support the work that you're doing in therapy, or it can be the therapy as well. Like the medication can be what you use. Advice and recommendation is to do both together. Use the medication and talk therapy to kind of help balance both out. Um, but you can use one or the other. You don't have to do it. A couple other things just before we move on. Eating well is a really great place to go because when you're putting good things in your body, good things come out. We could talk more about that later. There are other ways to get some talk therapy help, not only just one-on-one, -on -one, but there are also support groups or community groups. If you can avoid substances when you're feeling anxiety or depression or any mental health issues, if that's not something that you can do, that's okay, but it's a good idea to kind of distance yourself. Using creativity to deal with your anxiety. Now, this can be so fun and can also be really scary for some people, but using writing, and that can be just in a journal, making a list, whatever's in your brain, just having that space to get it out. I always use the idea of a hamster wheel. So like when we have anxiety, hamster wheel is just going to keep going. It's going to keep going with those thoughts. It's going to keep moving. To give that hamster a break, write down what those thoughts are. Just write them down. Get them out of your head. If you don't like writing or that's not your shtick, write a song. Sing about it. Draw about it. Color about it. Jump up and down and dance about it. Whatever works for you through your creative lens, 
whatever that looks like can be extremely helpful because it one, it gets it out. And two, it helps with that part of the brain that doesn't move a lot to get that moving, get those brain synapses running. And I just want to make this clarification. You do not have to be a professional singer, actor, writer, songwriter, artist, anything to do any of this. There are no qualifications needed. This is however you feel you can be helped through it. Actually, one of the last things is there are so many applications out there that can help with mental health issues. Um, not only anxiety, but so many under the sun, suicidal ideation, depression, anxiety, stress, PTSD, any, literally anything you can think of, there's an app for it. I know that just is the world, but with mental health, there are more apps that are coming out. Apps like San Bello, Calm or Headspace, those can be really helpful with meditations. San Bello was actually created with cognitive behavioral theory in mind when creating it. So there's some really good tools and tricks to kind of handle what's going on uh, with you. Also, there's mood tracker, so many others. I The list is endless. So to close our episode, maybe like a personal opinion or professional on 2020. Oh, goodness. Let's talk about 2020. I know for myself um, and my experiences with 2020, it was a lot. There was a lot of unknown, a lot of scary ideas. I know personally, I live with my boyfriend and we actually moved into his parents' home for a few months at the beginning of all of this. And I was finishing school and I didn't know how that was going to happen. There was so much. And then dealing with other people's anxieties well, because it's not just myself, right? Like I live with another person. I have that anxiety and I have my friends who are going through their own anxiety and their own worry. I think 2020 personal opinion has been a, an awakening of like how I can help myself get through all of these emotions, but it's also been a great way to learn for myself that I only have enough energy for so many things in the day. So I have to make sure that I am taking care of myself by realizing my anxiety and being able to treat that before I can help other people. Um, and that's one of the first things, like if you're in therapy as like a per, as a professional therapist or social worker or working in the mental health industry in any way is the essential is to take care of yourself first and then you can take care of other people and that's anyone absolutely anyone anywhere if you take care of yourself first you can be in a better place to take care of other people and help other people get through what they're going through professional opinion 2020 was crazy and it gave people a I feel like the 2020 was crazy is a personal and professional idea, but it has given people the space and time to actually take care of themselves and learn what they need and learn how to work through what they're going through. And it's given people the space to actually identify what it is and seek help, which is huge because if we don't normalize the different stressors that are happening, because not only is it a pandemic, we're also going through a, you know, racial reckoning, we're going through all of these different stressors in life right now, the presidential election, the list goes on and on and on and on. And when we continue to identify those factors, and more of those things come up, not only in the media, but also within ourselves, then 
we can learn how to address them. And I think that's what's happening now is that more people are like, okay, I can't do this on my own. Let me find somebody who can help me go through all of this. And I think that's been really good for the mental health world um, and the mental health conversation in this country. And it's also created a lack of resources at times. So it can be difficult to help everybody when you're also trying to take care of yourself. So I think it's been a really interesting space to learn both of those lessons. So 2020 has been one thing after another after another. And I hope that 2021 can bring us to a place of, I don't know, maybe better mental health in the way that we're seeking help a little bit more and we're having bigger conversations on those big issues that have come up and are getting to a place where things can go to a new normal that we can you know, identify what those new spaces look like and how we can help each other out in a different way. We finished for the episode for today. Do you want to give the email for anyone that wants to reach us? Yeah. If you have any questions, if you would like us to talk about specific things in a different episode, it's the 7 p.m. cafe podcast at gmail.com. Again, the 7 p.m. And seven is the number seven, PM Cafe Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Yes. When I put out the episodes, it will be in the description if you want to look for the email. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Um, so if you'd like to follow me on social media, this is Maggie. You can follow me on Facebook. It's Maggie Marie Glass, and that's G-L-A-S-S. And on Instagram, I am the Notorious Maggie Mag um, that was given to me by a beautiful soul named Andrea from a job that I did in theater. We'll stay forever, but that's the Notor- uh, Notorious Maggie Mags on Instagram. We are here. We're open. Maggie will be with us twice in the month but we'll always be open 24 7 so like don't worry don't wait for thursday to hit us up we're always here thank you maggie for joining us and i'm looking forward to creating more episodes with you of course thanks for having me lucy and i'm excited to be a part of this community Uh, i really look forward to being a part of future episodes and i hope everyone stay safe stay kind and uh, stay brave. And like we said before, if you have an idea for us of something you'd like us to talk about, please email us and let us know. Um, We are super open to ideas. For everyone, thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. The Mental Health Miniseries podcast airs every Thursday. If you have questions that you would like to ask the hosts, Lucy and Maggie, please feel free to email us at the 7 p.m cafe podcast at gmail.com if you are experiencing a mental health emergency please contact 911 your local mental health crisis response team or the suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 the number again is 1-800-273-8255 And that line is in English, in Espanol, and for the deaf or hard of hearing. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you around.